This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 388 for Thursday, February 1st, 2024. So if you tuned in last week, you know that the wonderfully talented Ellie Cat, a.k.a. Ellie Ringo Chang, was back on the show for a two-hour special episode. That has been hugely popular and is still being downloaded every day. Now, Ellie has had so much going on during the last 18 months since she was last on the show, and it was awesome to catch up with her again and hear about all the exciting stuff she's been doing with her acting, modeling, and especially with her Ellie Knows Rocks geology channel on YouTube. Now, Ellie has been going full steam ahead, and I could not be more proud of her for all that she's accomplished. And I know it's only a matter of time before her channel really blows up, and so does her acting career. Who knows, if we're lucky, with her red hair, maybe Marvel will cast Ellie as the next iteration of Jean Grey in a new X-Men film. Now, wouldn't that be awesome? Or maybe someone will make a big screen version of Xena Warrior Princess, and Ellie will get cast to play that part in an epic adventure. Now, in a bit of camera news this week, OM Systems has announced their new OM-1 Mark II as the next upgrade to the OM-1 line. Now, this successor to their 2022 OM-1 flagship camera includes everything that made the OM-1, quote, the best micro four-thirds camera ever made. However, we are not getting the massive upgrades that many photographers were expecting. Now, this new generation is not sporting a new version of the image sensor at 20 megapixels stacked in backside illuminated live MOS chip or a new TruePix X image processor. Now, although the sensor and processor do stay the, stay, stay the same, OM has expanded the camera's memory, which results in some changes to the buffer depths. Sequential shooting speeds have remained unchanged, allowing for up to 50 frames per second with full AF-AE and 120 frames per second with locked AF-AE. But photographers can shoot more than 200 raw frames at 120 FPS, which is up from the previous 90. Now, the OM-1 Mark II can also shoot blackout free at slower frame rates than the previous model. With the Mark I, there was no blackout at 50 frames per second, but many photographers wanted and now have the same at 12.5 frames per second and 16 frames per second as well. And they can shoot out blackout free in a, with a blackout free viewfinder. Now, another area where OM Systems has improved the camera is in its autofocus system. The company says AF accuracy is significantly improved over the previous model, especially for shooting fast-moving subjects, such as sports or wildlife. And it also has a new human detection as an option. Now, some shooters felt that the Mark I's dials were lackluster and difficult to use, especially when wearing gloves in cold weather. 
And OM took those complaints to heart, and the Mark II includes rubberized control dials with an improved tactile feel and response. As far as computational photography, that for a long time has been an essential part of Olympus and now OM systems, and the OM-1 Mark II is no exception. Beyond the normal suite of features like Live ND and high-res shot, which is 50 megapixels handheld and 80 megapixels on a tripod, the OM-1 Mark II features the world's first live GND or graduated neutral density filter feature. Now, with this, photographers can replicate the effects of a graduated ND filter, a popular choice for landscape photographers without the cumbersome use of actual physical filters. Further, users can customize the filter steps and type of live GND filter in real time. Users can adjust the location and angle of the transition from light to dark and pick between soft, medium, and hard graduations. Gradations, I'm sorry. The OM-1 Mark II also includes an updated live ND feature, which now offers strengths up to ND-128, doubled from the original OM-1's strongest live ND filter option of ND-64. Now, unfortunately, it is impossible to combine live ND and GND with the OM-1-2's high-res shot modes. But at least Live ND and Live GND allow for the capture of raw image files, which is a must for these features to be appealing to the masses. The high res shot mode now allows photographers to capture 14 bit raw files up from 12 bit raw in the previous model. Now, this may sound like a relatively small jump from just 12 to 14 bit, but the way bits work, it amounts to three times the tonal range. And rounding out the noteworthy changes is an improved in-body image stabilization system. The OM-1 was already an excellent camera for handheld shooting, given its relatively compact and lightweight design and the stabilization system that it had, rated for up to seven stops. The OM-1 Mark II offers eight and a half stops of shake correction. Now, the OM Systems OM-1 Mark II will be available in late February 2024 for $2,400 U.S. or $3,200 Canadian dollars, body only, and $3,000 U.S. and $4,000 Canadian in a kit with the OM Systems M Zucchio Digital ED 12-40 f2.8 Pro Zoom Lens, Pro Mark II, actually, of that zoom lens, so... You will have a couple of options once it becomes available. And I have a feeling a lot of OM system shooters are going to be really excited with this new body and the body lens combo that you can get for that price. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. You can visit the homepage at liamphotographypodcast.com for show notes and links. If you have questions, comments, or requests for topics or future guests you'd like to hear on the show, you can email me at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. Also, be sure to check out the liamphotographypodcast.com Facebook group, and you can find me on Twitter at liamphotoatl. You can tweet the show just insert the hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. Now for some personal news. 
during the month of December, I managed to get in some serious hours doing some freelance IT work for the parent company of my former employer, Virgin Orbit. And I pulled in some serious extra cabbage so I can get the body work done and the paint job done on my late father's 2005 Chevy Colorado quad cab, which is a nice truck. It'll be nicer once the body work and paint job are done that I now own. And I also managed to locate a mint condition Fujifilm X100V camera from the good folks at Robert's Cameras sister site, which is usedphotopros.com. Now, I just wanted to be transparent and let you know that Roberts is not a sponsor of the show. And I only know of them thanks to Mike Sharkey James from the Lens Shark Photography Podcast. Now, with acquiring an X100V, I currently have seven Fujifilm bodies in total, but I am looking to sell my mint condition XE4, which is currently listed on eBay. And you can find the link to the eBay listing in the show notes if anyone is interested. Now, I will probably leave it on eBay till this coming weekend, and if I don't have any takers there, I'm going to go ahead and sell it to Robert since they've offered me the most money for it if I send it to them. My XE4 is, like I said, in mint condition and comes with the original box and all original paperwork and the neck strap and everything, and I am also including a thumb grip and I also have the Arca Swiss hand grip plate that I'm including with the camera as well. Now, the shutter on my XE4 only has around, I think it's 1,800 actuations, so it's been used very gently and is in very great shape. Now, when I made the switch to Fujifilm almost three years ago, I got the XE4 to use as my main real estate camera because it is so small and compact, and I have my chronic arm issues. But when we moved here, uh, to North Carolina, the company I contracted with didn't have much in the way of work for me since I lived too far away from Raleigh and Charlotte. So the XE4 didn't see much use. And now it's ju it just sits in the Nano case most of the time. Now that I have an X100V, that is, of course, my new street photography body taking over that duty from my wonderful X-Pro3 with the removable 23mm f2 lens. But fear not. I also love, absolutely love, the X-Pro3, so she will continue to see use in other areas of my photography. It was a few days after getting the X-100V before I was able to take it out for a bit this past Sunday for some street shooting, as the weather here has been terrible with tons of rain, really cold, bitter temperatures, and lots and lots of high winds as well. And I even only shot with it for a little bit this past Sunday before the darn rain started again, and I had to head back home. But I did get a few really cool shots. Now, when I shoot street photography, although sometimes I do shoot in color, I prefer to shoot street in black and white, as much of my photography inspiration comes from Ansel Adams and Henri Cartier-Bresson. And both of these masters of photography shot most of their work in black and white as well. And in my opinion, there's no substitution for Fujifilm's wonderful Acris film simulation, which perfectly replicates in the digital era the Acris 35mm film stock I used to shoot back in my film days. With the Fujifilm X100V, it is just such a joy to shoot, and all Fujifilm cameras are. 
And I especially love the leaf shutter in the X100V, which allows you to shoot outdoor portraits in bright sun and use a really high shutter speed with your flash so that you can add light to your subject's face while knocking down the background light at the same time. Now, you couple that with the built-in ND filter and you have a winning combination. I also recently discovered a new flash, which is perfect for the X100V, as I think the built-in one is too small and weak. I mean, it, it has its uses, but they're very limited. Now, Godox makes a nice, compact Lux Junior flash, which is a manual-only flash that works perfectly with the X100V. And it doesn't add a ton of bulk or weight, while also giving you much more flash power and options, especially for shooting portraits. Uh, for any of you that don't already know, Fujifilm's next X-Summit is expected to be February 20th, 2024. And during this event, they are planning to announce the successor to the X100V, which will be called the X100VI, or 6. Now, this sixth generation of the X100 line is keeping the same form factor and the current generation of the built-in XF 23mm f2 lens. But the upgrades are supposed to be that the sensor will be changing to the new fifth generation X-Trans 50 megapixel sensor that's used in the X-H2 and the X-T5, as well as the fifth generation processor with the major AF improvements. Additionally, according to my friend Patrick of FujiRumors.com, the X100VI will also have IBIS, although I'm not sure how they can pull that off without adding some bulk to the chassis. I personally think the 40 megapixel sensor is a mistake. I feel they should have used the 26 megapixel stacked sensor from the X-H2S and added the fifth generation processor for the better AF and left IBIS completely out of the equation altogether. I just feel that if they want the X100 line to continue to be their street camera, then the IBIS is not necessary. And the new stack sensor and processor make for a more compelling upgrade for the sixth generation of this awesome little camera. But you let me know your thoughts in the podcast Facebook group. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the new X100VI. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group you can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at liamphotoatl if you like abandoned buildings and history you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com all right everybody that's going to wrap episode 388 of the liam photography podcast i want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing rating and reviewing in apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify 
and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. If you're not currently a subscriber, why not? It's absolutely free. doesn't cost you anything but a second of your time to smash that subscribe button. Do it now, please, so you don't miss any future episodes. And also share the show out with all your friends and family on social media and elsewhere and help get the word out about this show. I would truly, truly appreciate it. Now, also, please remember to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, turn on all notifications so you can be notified when my new videos release. I do put out a full-length video every Sunday, and I do also put out shorts on occasion as well, sometimes one or two shorts a week. It just depends on what I've got going on, but you definitely don't want to miss any of that stuff. And also, make sure you stop by. I'm going to have the links in today's episode as well to all of Ellie's social media and her Ellie Knows Rocks YouTube channel, so stop by and give her some love as well. She's a dear, dear friend, and I love supporting her in her endeavors to try to get her acting career to skyrocket, which I know it will at some point soon, and it would be just really awesome if my listeners would help her along her journey. All right, that is it, folks. I will see you again next Thursday. <laughs>